Good morning. Today, I'm being joined with Queen, the Queen of the Badasses, Beatrice from Badassery with B. And we're talking about differentiation. We're talking about taking your brand to the next freaking level through just balls to the wall kind of movement. It's all about letting go of the norm, the usual, and just going your own way, going hard, going far. Beatrice, how are you? How are you, my friend? I am freaking bad ass. (laughs) I don't know if I can use that as a descriptor for how a person is, but maybe I should just make it into a thing. Like, you know, do it. Feeling badass. Do it. Just doing all these kinds of badassery things. (laughs) But it's true. It's so true. And every time you show up, it's like, it's that kick. It is that badass kick. And I'm like, damn it, I want me some of that. And I'm taking me some of that. (laughs) Nah, it's freaking, freaking awesome to watch you work. And yeah, do everything you do. But I want to dive into it because we have so much freaking juice to get through. I want you to talk to me about your why. Why you do what you do? Why do you push for differentiation? Why do we get along so well in this kind of field? Because I'm very sure we live by the same mentality. Why do you do what you do? Oh, wow. I mean, so my why is to challenge the norm and emphasize the importance of doing what's true to oneself rather than know what's expected by society and you know by uncovering a brand's unique purpose I use that to create a memorable and distinctive identity so you know we're in a world where fitting in is often the norm so you know I strive for brands to stand out by being true to themselves and then build that legacy you know what I mean like that is a big part of who I am and it's it's come to me from, you know, I, I grew up in Australia and I was born there and it just, it never felt right. It, it, it was always like, hey, this is the, the kind of box or the, that you should be. And I never really even thought about it at that time. You know, you're so immersed yes. in it that you don't this even so much, recognize yeah. it. When I, when I moved to Southeast Asia, oh God, I was like 18. It's been a freaking minute. <laughs> uh, not at first because of the people around me. You know, I, I had people around me that were like, oh, you know, you just need to play it safe. Just get a job, get that money. You know, then, then you can do what you like. But for me, it was, it's always been, and it irked those people. It made them irritated that I just was like no this is what I want to do whatever it was you know like I I, hospitality or you know freaking marketing director going into a startup whatever it was even starting badass right by B I had people going like oh but you know just just get a job you know do do this part-time and I know for myself that if I get a job, like it's going to be my pure focus because whatever I do, I want to put all my focus there. Recognizing 
this whole like, okay, these are the structures and then having it kind of peeled back over years of being an expat, of having amazing bosses that are like, hey, you know what? You actually have more to you. Stop trying to put, keep yourself in that square. Isn't this the Australian attitude though? And I know I say it like that and everyone's going to kick my ass and I know I've had this conversation literally this week. There is that very much when you're in a place where either you leave or you are given an opportunity to really go deep within yourself, you do realize those narratives are so prevailing and they they influence everything you do to such an extent that now... It's really cool to see a lot of Australians again working the brand in any industry who really actually strive to push against that so massively. Because we're like, hey, we're done with that narrative now. We want change and we will do it as loudly and freaking proudly as possible, right? Exactly. And you know, it's even as much as, you know, when I first started Badastry, I was on LinkedIn and you know see all these amazing people you know doing say their own thing right and I asked a, a friend at that time I was like do I have a like an opinion that's how that's how ingrained it was that's Shit. how ingrained like like you know you just follow or like accept or like it's, it's part of that industry I'm like do I have an opinion do what what do I do I stand for anything? I asked them that. And they were like, yeah, hell yeah, you do. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, no. Wow. We're going on a tangent. How, how was that process, though? How was that process of really diving into that for yourself? Because it's something that I must say that I still do struggle with when you do get into that kind of place of, there is always still that push and pull, especially still being here. But how did you find that? It's a long process, you know. And I have to say, like, it is still something that I work through every day. And it's it's kind of just every day trying to just let go. And that's that's also what I really focus on helping businesses to do as well, right? It's it's hey, what do I actually stand for and have someone there? If if you can't get a notepad out and be like, okay, these are the things that I represent. This is this is how I feel about a certain topic. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that, you know, they're actively, oh, I feel like that, like I feel like this annoys me or this, like, you know, I don't agree with that. To To me, and even now, I'm open about topics. You know, if you tell me something that I don't necessarily agree with, I'm not going to be like, no, no, I don't agree with this. And that's intentional for me because mm-hmm. I think that is the biggest way to grow, right? Just, okay, like say, for example, flat earth, round earth thing, okay? For, for me, like I, I know, I believe that the, the earth is round, right? And there would be people that don't believe that. And, you know, you just, you can't change somebody's mind, right? Yeah. 
Like you can't be like yeah. going to a conversation with the intention to change their mind. That, like people just going to, they're going to lock in on things. To me, it's more about trying to understand their reasoning for thinking something. So, you know, I ask a lot of questions and that helps me to understand a lot more about someone. I, like, and why they feel they win the, the way that they do. Because they've gone through, like, you know, everybody's had different lives. They've had different issues. They've had different things that they've gone through. You know, when I talk about the things that I've been through in my life, I, I don't say it in a way that's like, this has been so shit. Like, I know everybody, every single other person has gone through something. It's just a, it's a different story. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm big with you. And I think it's one of the biggest influences that I've had to never go in something with an out loud. Like, yes, I have opinions, but it's also when it comes to the other end of, yes, you do have to take that acknowledgement of both sides. Because if I don't take the acknowledgement of both sides, it feels like you're almost doing the thing that was thrust upon you beforehand. Even if you look at the content, for example, like if somebody's replying to your content and they have an opinion which is like not necessarily agreeing with you i'm happy to see that actually i'm like me too me too every time i love it and i actually love having conversation about opinions rather than everyone going oh but and i'm like no no no. i I like the back and forth give me your opposite opinion i want people to have the opposite opinion Maybe I just need to get a little bit more pushy with my content to get that. <laughs> Hell freaking yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, by being, and like, I'm sure we'll get to this later as well, but by having a specific opinion, a specific stance, it's not a bad thing. You're no. pushing away the people that no. you don't want to be working with. Exactly. And funnily enough, coming to that point of taking a stance with your brand, what is one of your favorite brands that shows up and just pushes the freaking grain, just goes against the norm, shows up as it wants to be, badass as fuck, and does the thing? Oh, you know, there's this so many, there's so many. But before I start with like companies, I yeah. want to say one that's popped into my mind, which is a person that this person Ooh, has yeah. inspired me since I was a, young, since I was a kid. And I never even recognized this. Richard Branson. Love that man. <laughs> I absolutely oh love his approach. You know, like the guy that would come in and see somebody wearing a freaking tie to the meeting and take a pair of like take scissors, go and cut that tie off. Fuck yeah. Love that. Pushes it. (laughs) Whatever the, you know, even the ads, right? So Virgin came in to the industry, the airline industry, when it was saturated. And the competitors were there. They were very established. They had a massive market share. They were monopolizing it, right? But that didn't deter him. 
And the, the other companies, the other businesses that I mentioned, right, it's the same thing. It's just because somebody's established or taking up a bigger market share does not mean that you can't make your own space in there. Every freaking time. Every freaking time. Did you see his interview with Stephen on a diversity or I think it was about six months ago. Oh, my God. But the no. story, I think one of the biggest stories that kind of really resonated with me and really made me realize, like, holy shit, this is why he is the way he is, is I didn't actually realize he was dyslexic. And yep. I could get this wrong, so bear with me, but it was that he couldn't do the maths. He couldn't get the numbers figured or something like that. And he was like, no, I'm going to give this to someone who can do it and who is the expert in this field, right? He had no idea about airlines going into this. He had no ideas about planes working and, well, how planes work. But he outsourced that from the get-go. He was like, no, I know what I want and I will make it happen no matter what. And if that doesn't inspire you. I know we always talk about Richard Branson, but there's a reason, yeah. He's good. good. Speaking of recently, there's another new brand that I've I've just found, but they've been around for a little bit. And you know what? Their their founder and even the other brands I can think of, like you know, the founders have come in with a different perspective. They've they've come in thinking, well, this is how people in this industry normally act. Let me just act this way. So do you know Speechify? I found out about them 10 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm obsessed. So uh, it's it's been maybe a week since I found out about them. And it was just basically reading out the newsletters, etc. That's that's how we stay up to date, right? But the way that what I want to talk about is how the founder does things differently, how he stands out. So this is a guy who looks like, I don't know, he's in university or college, depending on which country you're in, right? (laughs) So, and he starts off his video about this product, which is, it's basically a product to help people with like dyslexia, et cetera, other disabilities to listen to anything. If you're reading a book, you can take a photo and it will read you, read it to you in any voice. You know, they even they even have Snoop Dogg on as a voice, and he 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 got on and did like a LinkedIn, uh, not LinkedIn, Instagram thing on it. And he was like, "I am so stoked to be a part of this." Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you this can choose best. Snoop Dogg's this. voice to read yep. to you. Going back to the, the founder's video. So it starts off with him in a suit, full-on suit. So he's trying to go for the professional, right? <laughs> but he's in a pool. He's in a pool. And behind yeah. him, he has like the, you know, the CEO stack, right? There's books. So this guy, he starts talking about this. You know, he's like pitchy it. And the way that he pitches it, like it's very clear He's, he knows who his audience is. Like, and they're, they're Gen, Gen Z, right? People who are just in college, et cetera, and they, they struggle to concentrate. And he even, you know, uses a university and say, 
hey, you know, these people are already using this. Let's get ahead of this tactic. Yeah. And yeah, like it's as he's like, you know, moving out of the pool, same sort of like idea as Dollar Shave Club did in their ads. You know, it's like the owner getting in there themselves and shaking it up. Surreal does it as well. So Surreal, it's a UK cereal brand. And they're they're doing all the advertising like in-house. They, you know, a fun one that they did? They found people with the same Mm -hmm. name as celebrities to prom- oh like to gosh. say i i support this brand and then at the bottom of like the ad like it'll be a billboard ad or you know on their socials and it'd be like this person is actually a chemist at so and so pharmacy oh my gosh <laughs> i love it yes yeah yes and yeah. it's 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 happening a lot more and yeah. that's what i'm here for like Let's let's bring it to those brands that are already established and bring a little bit more of that human because these things, all of these things, they resonate with people because they've seen yeah. so much suit guy books in the back, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. saying all the big words, like, come on, nobody cares. Why do we care? It's all about that connection point and disrupting hard rather than soft kind of like disruptions of just speaking the other side really disrupting by subverting and undercutting and doing that kind of stuff. That's where the real power is. Sex chocolate does a badass job. So good. I I love what that guy's covered. Same sort of thing, right? As you like, he's tried different things and he's come into this like, let's do this. And he's gone from scratch. Yeah. It's another one where it's like, yeah yeah of course yeah guerrilla marketing let's go speak to people and get people to speak to other people it's not you're not hiring celebrities you're you're hiring almost on like on a micro influencer level right word of mouth that is way stronger so i know i speak about this a lot but we we see so much advertising like it gets thrown in our face yeah. that our brains we've just we switched it off it's gone back to a time where where you know in the 18th century etc where you'd, you'd go to a market and you'd go to the store where either there's a lot of people or your friends or family have been like oh that's a really good place i need to go check that out and that's how it's sustained. We're yeah. at that level now. Okay, a hell of a lot more people, but same level of connection now mm. with like the internet, with socials. It's one big market. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's why I've actually moved into the space of believing that social media is less about, let me get my terminology right here, because it's less about lead generation and all that jazz is just getting your philosophy out there using it to really create a message versus gone leads because that's where the true power is and in every brand that I've helped create and creative direct you see the difference 
between the people who are going and posting for leads versus going and posting for that brand and really building that brand. And that's where it's like, holy shoot. Well, how about I think sex really hits as to favorite, I think. Actually, I think the biggest one was actually not even a brand. Again, it's more of a personal brand, but like someone like Brandon Sanderson, who literally went out and said, hey, I'm going to, instead of releasing these four books I wrote over the course of 2020, I'm going to put these out as a big Kickstarter campaign. I'm going to give you four big-ass books over the course of a year but you're not only just going to get the books, you can get the audio editions, you can get the ebook editions all together without having to go to 100 different companies or pay for something 100 different times. And it was like, it's changed the business model of especially independent publishing. In the last year, there have been more Kickstarters for independent authors than ever before. You're even seeing the bigger guns getting in on the act in just the other day, one of the biggest artists in the D&D, Dragonlance, all that kind of world, got in on it too. Yeah, I think that's probably one of my favorite examples of subverting an industry because the publishing industry, guess what? It's a crap time behind and needs some work. It really does. That is really interesting. I didn't even know that about the industry. I know to be able to do that on their own, that is seriously yeah. kick-ass. And that's, that's what I mean. People yeah. are going out yeah. there and saying, well, you know, things are like this, but what if? There's a, there's a lot of that comparison out there where you're going, oh, but what are they doing? But actually, we shouldn't be asking that. Because yeah. otherwise, we're all going to be the same. Exactly. You're just trying to follow the crew. And I don't, not many people, or I haven't really seen anyone talk about this is, you know how they say fail, fail fast, fail quickly, right? The point is, the reason behind that is to try different things, to give your brain the opportunity to not go and compare to whatever Bob is doing down the road or to whatever Julie is doing over there. Like it is to do your own thing, fail (laughs) fast or fail quickly, whatever the, now I'm forgetting it, but. I don't even know anymore. (laughs) Fail fast, fail forward, right? That one. Yes. Yeah. And okay, like it's not even failing. It's like, it's, it's testing it. Like the conversation we're having now is literally a test. Yeah. You know, and you know, it's working really damn well. I love, that doesn't degrade what I've done in the past. It does mean, okay, let's move forward and next time go even further and then see how that works. If that doesn't work, pull it back. You know, we've always got that opportunity to grow, test. Our brands need that because otherwise we get stagnant. We don't grow, we don't go anywhere. And again, then you just fall into the trap of being like everyone else. You think of any single successful and popular business person right now and they're not doing anything new they stuck to something and they doubled down hard and I will say it's it's not about choosing one thing and sticking to it forever I know I just said pivots, right Mm -hmm. you're still sticking to it but you're like you're making 
almost imperceptible pivots every single day to mm-hmm. adapt. But you're yeah. you're still sticking to that direction, that general direction. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the year, right? You're going to look back to where you were one year ago, and it's going to be completely different to you, but to nobody else. They're they're just going to be like, oh, wow, this is like so clear. This is so consistent. You take, like, if you have a look, a lot of people who comment, you know, Mm -hmm. on my LinkedIn, for example, they're, they say, oh, you know, this is, this is really like impactful. You, I think you, you even say this, right? At the beginning of this, yeah. this podcast, you're like, it's, it's really clear. It's really impactful. I'm like, this wasn't always the case. Also knowing when maybe something doesn't work as well. And you're like, okay, I tested that. And it isn't about testing it for maybe a day or once. It's like, again, especially with content, it's over a long course of time. You know, you've got to go, what did they say? 90 days? 90 days of testing and if then if it you're like okay no one's gravitating towards that it's not really taking any hold then you can take back because 90 days in the scheme of things is absolutely nothing and I want to bring it back a little what have been some of your favorite brands to like build strategy with and really get underneath that disruption model there there've been a couple so a lot of people, they'll, they'll look at my, my background and they'll see a lot of different things. You know, I've, I've been in a lot of different industries, hospitality, uh, real estate, uh, e-commerce, SaaS, etc. right? And the thing is, brand strategy and marketing have just consistently crept in. And it's always been like, oh, yeah. but, you know, we don't have the money for that. So, let, like, you know, it just all right, fine, you know, I'll do it. No worries, I've, I've been doing it for this long. I enjoy doing it. One of the last roles or the last role that I had, it was a chief operations officer for startup e-commerce company and SaaS company. There, the owner was just like, uh, here you go. <laughs> Take the brand, roll with it. I was like, cool. Woohoo. <laughs> let's, let's Love when it. people say that. At the end of the day, the communication lines were very strong with us. So it it wasn't like, I'm going to go and do something that you know, he, they didn't agree yeah. with, right? So at that time, I set up a two-week campaign, set up the full branding, and it was a lot about researching what was already being done in, in Myanmar in that scene and positioning away from that, doing something different, which, you know, obviously you're understanding the cultural implications. You're not doing anything offensive. Yeah. You're, you're not you're, you're not touchy on politics, you're not touchy on religion, but you're doing something that people don't expect. You're doing something that people it makes them feel like they're part of a brand. And yeah. because of that, when we launched that it was two weeks before, you know, the military coup had just hit and cut it off. Oh my two god. Two weeks. Yeah. And it was forty one K in uh US dollars. Nice. Nicely done. I I really enjoyed that because, you know, it was the first bit of own creativity rather than like restricted, okay, this is our existing brand brand standard or, you know, you you need to use like these specific, like there was a lot of parenting, right, even though they didn't necessarily know what they're talking about. But to a more recent one, I had great fun with like – 
a couple of brands and it's it's diving into what made them different as children oh. and we often forget about that and I you know wow I thought about this a month ago I thought about this a month ago yeah. and I think I put it in a post recently and it was I remember when I was a kid I was ultra creative and there was one time while I was like making this little signboard which like with full of like shells and a revised um under the sea song revised I was like looking at what like looking at the tv going you know what I would love to do what they're doing because I think that would be so easy to just connect things that are completely not even connected and make something fun and make something that people resonate with as a kid. And I only just remembered that recently. And it's like, wow. It's funny when you notice those little things, isn't it? Like tiny little things. It's like, oh my gosh. So much to it. Like even like, I actually ran away from reading for a whole lot of my life because it's like, not cool. Why I did that, I'm still not sure. It's literally everything. If you look at any of the old fantasy covers, you can see exactly what influences my design style, exactly the influences, because it's all about storytelling. Fantasy is all about storytelling. It's all about that discovery, and you can see it come through. So, so yeah, cool. I, I truly resonate with that as well because so. I, I, you know, I start with a lot of clients and – the first thing, like the first answers that they give will be the technical. Here are the features. This is what, how we're, you know, we, we care more. Your, your neighbor over there, they're going to say the exact same thing as you. Yeah. Like, so what are you, what's really different? I was having a conversation about this the other day. of like, well, there's this thing, but I don't know why I should care about you as a business. What do you stand for? Because I don't know. You are just another person in your field. And I don't, didn't have any, I couldn't say anything else. Yeah. And then I really had to sit down and had to challenge that thought of like, so what do you stand for? Why are you different to the other people in your field? Not just your offers. Take your offers off the table. As a brand, who are you? What do you stand for? Like, how are you showing up? Do you know what? You're not showing up. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like it's really easy to go, here's how you show up on social media and everyone does the same. But as soon as you know your differentiators, you know how to show up. It isn't even a question of needing this, needing that. You can literally just follow a strategy and it's right there. You're good. You don't even have to think about it. Exactly. It's instant, right? It makes it so easy. Even even for the visuals, for example, right? The visuals, text. These things, once once you have that base strategy, once you have that differentiation, once you have like, you know, that internal like why, values, etc. When you get those done, those visuals will be like, oh yeah, I I, I already have some idea what I want there. Or the like yeah. the, the voice and everything. I already I, yeah, I, I kind of understand or know where like the area. And it's more like about fine tuning. And this is the big thing I found because mine, I found that my differentiation factor was actually too wide this is only recently after the whole kerfuffle the last few months and 
really sitting down, actually narrowing that down about the exact, maybe three, four things, not even three, four, two, three things and my true differentiating factors. I was like, I actually made a content list for about a year's worth of content. Now it's just sitting down actually filming it's the problem, but that's all there. I don't even have to worry about deciphering how I'm going to make my content because I know exactly what I need to share. There, There is not really anything new out there. It's it's how we take it. What's our perspective? Yeah. Like even the, the gentleman that you mentioned that, that did the book, uh, Sue Sanderson, even his perspective, it's not a new way of doing things. He's just taken that from another industry and say, hey, you know what? How can I make this work for my books? Yeah. So I don't have to deal with these pesky publishers. Yeah, well, considering I think it's the largest Kickstarter to date, so it damn well worked, didn't it? Damn, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're up to the rapid fire point. I'm going to ask you a set of three questions that we do at the end of every app. So... What's your favorite book? Favorite book? I have to say Robert Greene. And he, mm, that is an yes. author. I know that. I know yeah. that. <laughs> I was like, mm, that's <laughs> no answer. <laughs> but I like each of the books that he's done. I like his, that art, like the art of, you know, the, uh, what is it? It's not even that, oh, yeah, so, the Art of Seduction, 48 Laws of Power, uh, Human Nature. It's all like, it's all numbers, which of course we know like is something that works, right? But yeah, the yeah. way he dives into it is incredible. You know, he's he's got the stories that make it relatable for us. And then the the points, which are, it doesn't matter when you read them, which year, they're always going to resonate. Super powerful. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And if you were sent off to an island on your own, nothing, and you could only take one item with you, what would you take? Yeah, I'm gonna go with water. Ooh, Ooh yeah. I like it. How much? How much <laughs> water? Can, like, how much okay, water? depends on how, how much we can got you carry. Oh, how, like, it's just how much I can carry. Okay. <laughs> it floats. It floats. So let's go with like one of those big gallon bottles, right? That, water, that still wouldn't last long. You know what I mean? <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. And it, it doesn't. <laughs> or, like, oh, wait. Mm, like one of those things or? where you can purify water. I was hoping you would say, is that like right? water? What? <laughs> <laughs> that works. I like that. And how do you have your coffee? Oof. Neat. Sounds like an alcoholic mm. drink. <laughs> so you, either you give me an espresso or an Americano, no milk, no sugar, um, or give me a espresso martini. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Thank you for joining me. Really Thank awesome conversation. And yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. This has been Woo. amazing.